0: My Govanen, and so he lied to all my elf friends. I am Tani Tanuville, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and welcome to Middle Earth here in Southern California. We are broadcasting from the University of California at Irvine, where we have our own uh, Middle Earth housing, Ring Road, and upwards of, I don't know, I think like 30 or (laughs) 60,000 (laughs) students, staff, and faculty, and yeah, yours truly is but one, one little elf here in Southern California. So welcome. This is the first week of new programming here at KUCI. So welcome back to many students who are returning from winter break, and to new students who are just arriving and starting with the winter quarter. I hope everyone had a very safe and a happy and healthy holiday, which is a lot to hope. <laughs> but we elves never give up hope. So this morning, um, you may have noticed in case you are listening, have been listening during this particular time slot last quarter, I was here with Yasinia with uh, something old, something new. Yesenia, being something new, darling, darling, um, graduate student here at UCI, and has been involved with KUCI for some time, and thought that she might want to have a show, so last quarter we did something old, something new, some podcasts, we did the happy news hour segment, and we had a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> that was one of the main things. We had a lot of fun, and it also was kind of. Mm, I like it because we can. We have the opportunity here at KUCI because we are a nonprofit and because we are, a college radio station, <clears throat> to help people be successful, and that's what we do. I've been involved here. I apologize. Uh, even an elf gets a little. Little tickle here and there once in a while, even a cold, which I had a terrible cold for two weeks during the early part of the season. But uh, I'm all over that and would like to invite my friends to remember to take your vitamin C and eat healthy and cut back on the sugar. So we will be having a training coming up for KUCI probably in about two weeks. So if you'd like more information about that, our trainings are open to all student, faculty, and staff at UC Irvine. And it's usually on a weekday night of Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Uh, it's always during the week, but it's usually on one of those nights. And it's generally from about 7 to 8 or 8.30, eight weeks. And we teach you all about what is required by the FCC, how to work the equipment, uh, introduce you to our amazing library of music, and we mentor and help you every step of the way. And, And it's a lot of fun, and it's really great. And if you're a student, it's a wonderful way to share your passion or your music with the world. And because we Not only are broadcasting at 200 watts from the heart of Irvine, which doesn't reach really far, reaches into a lot of Orange County, but you can always catch us live on our website at KUCI.org. You can listen right through the website or you can catch us through iTunes. So I wanted to take just a moment this morning. You may be wondering, well, what's this show? This show is What Would Arwen Do?, And it's kind of was inspired by my own, mm, started out as an experiment about 2002, when I was introduced to the world of Middle Earth, and fell in love with the elves, was struggling at a a time when I was struggling in my Christian faith, actually, because 9-11 had happened, here we are going to war and many evangelicals that I knew were saying oh this is a holy war and and I'm thinking what (laughs) and and I really was entering into kind of a crisis time not a crisis in my faith and my love of Jesus but a crisis in my faith and my faith community and what I wanted to be identified with and aligned with and I didn't want that to be war (laughs) and I didn't want that to be anger and revenge, and so I went to see The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, and it's a longer story, but when I saw it in March of 2002, I fell in love with the elves. I fell in love with Arwen and Aragorn's story. I got introduced to Middle-earth. I discovered that the elves embody what is best and noblest, in human beings in Tolkien's J. R. R. Tolkien's mythology. And I thought, well, what if I live life like an elf? The elf seems to be like what I think of, you know, Christians or people that are mindful people that love God and are seeking after truth and goodness in the world. And I thought, well, what if I lived like an elf? Would it be better, worse? Would it make any difference? And it transformed my life on so many levels. And I think we all need mentors and archetypes, people we look up to. My gosh, how many of us are so excited that the Force has awakened again and um, were overjoyed to go see Star Wars? I was. And uh, so I love these these worlds and these heroes and these quests that in a lot of ways tend to Mirror ours or ours mirror theirs. So that's when I started my little experiment, sh- which turned into a grand ex- adventure and which eventually brought me here to KUCI because a young student that I was talking to at the coffee shop one day was running off and said, Nope, oh, gotta go do my radio show. And I said, What? And he said, Oh, yeah, I do a radio show over at UC Ir- Irvine, um, right across the street. You should think about coming and doing a public affairs show about your life as an elf and I thought I'm not gonna be on radio and then I thought well it was at a transition time of my life right then and I thought well I'll just go to the first meeting and check it out and that was the quarter that was open to community members so one quarter a year we do open our training generally in the spring To community members because a lot of our students leave during the summer and it gives us an opportunity to you know fill those spots and transition into the new year that comes with the fall so that was in 2005 and now here we are at 2016 (laughs) so yeah uh, it'll be ten years this coming June and I it has been an amazing and wonderful journey slash adventure slash just amazing amazing blessing and you can be part of it so please uh you can email us at training at kuci.org or you can uh check out our website at kuci.org and find out about our programming. There are interviews up there, ticket giveaways, all of our programming, uh, ways to donate, archives of our podcasts and see if you want to come and be part of an amazing amazing community. And if you'd like to contact me, I would love to hear from you. You can um, send me a little missive at ask and elf a s k a n e l f at yahoo.com. So, in case you are back from break and you're looking for some of your favorite shows, please be aware that our programming has shifted around, as it often does, and many shows will be in the same spot, but many shows will, um, you know, some people are gone, a dear friend of mine got a study visa to go to Ireland, Allison, if you... I doubt if she's listening, but I am pea green with envy. Yes, we elves do get pea green with envy. And that she is spending six months on a study program over in beautiful, the Emerald Isles over in Ireland. <clears throat> so, but some people, new people are here. A lot of uh, So please, if you don't find the show you're looking for, um, check out what's in that hour or look around. Maybe it's shifted to a different place. And we have some amazing new public affairs programs. So all of our public affairs programming is from 8 to 10 a.m. and 4 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. So that's when all of our talk shows are on. So please uh, check us out. Check out some of our shows. We've got things about getting published, which is coming on this morning. Writers on Writing with Barbara DeMarco Barrett and co-hosts Nicole and Marie and, um, everything you want to know about getting published. There's, um, Weekly Signals and Film School, some new shows that we have, oh, Ask a Leader with Claudia Shambaugh, amazing, Real People of the O.C. on Thursday afternoons, Yesenia, who was here with me before, um, on, um. Wednesday mornings she has a new show and it's from eight thirty to 9 on Tuesday so next Tuesday and it's called let's get personal pop culture of UCI and just before that another new show with uh, called the real life truth a p- publication conversation between two black women and the aftermath of the African diaspora so weekly news with Cheryl and Cheryl Rose and Sunny Kofa. So, yeah, please check out our, our public affairs shows. Like I said, oh, there's a new show, Irvine History Today, with Ellen Bell that's going to be on, um, oh, let's see, is that on, yes, this afternoon, brand new show, and Mystic Parfait, which I think is... Yes, Thera has moved to Tuesday afternoon. Oh my gosh, Mystic Parfait used to be on Thursdays from 4 to 6 a.m. Now she's on today from 2 to 4 p.m. And just before Irvine History Today and then right after that, another new show called What's Up? The Latest and Hottest hottest Topics with Nicole. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've spent enough time being the cheerleader for KUCI But I do love it, and I do want to invite you to become involved with this. So again, KUCI.org, or you can email us at training at KUCI. And in case you're not interested, but you know someone who might be, you please let them know about our website and about our training. And again, that will probably start within the next two weeks. And it's about an hour and a half a night. Very doable and really fun. So, a little Middle Earth magic. Oh my gosh, today I'm wondering, okay, is it time? I love Middle Earth. <laughs> I love the movies. I love the books. I love escaping there when the world seems to be overwhelming. So we're going to talk a little bit about what to do with overwhelming, but I also want to share, It's uh, it's a happy new year, or it's a new year, hopefully it will be a happy new year for you. And I want to share some uh books that maybe uh will inspire you for the new year. There's um well first let's have a little music. So I would like to play the Feast of Starlight for you because We else love starlight. I haven't gotten out to the desert to see the beautiful magnitude of stars in a long time, but hopefully will. We are enjoying so much wonderful rain right now. Um, Please be careful for those of you who are driving and living in areas. The archers down in Ramona, they were having some flash flood warnings. I hope things are okay there. And El Nino is here. So another storm front moving in afternoon and I think there was a little rumbler of an earthquake this morning as I was uh, sitting on my bed and at first I was feeling a little bit of a funk and I went downstairs went out got the paper in for darling Barbara who I live with and happened to look over toward the sunrise and the sky was all pink and I thought ah you know isn't it amazing how just a little something like that a little burst of beauty into your day can make such a difference. So with that, I'm going to share some beautiful music with you. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about beauty. So this is Feast of Starlight from The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. And this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Tani Chenuvial, And we are the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. is the enchanting music of Howard Shore from The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, and that was Tauriel's theme, The Feast of Starlight, and one of the things that I love and have shared with you quite often before is the music that Howard Shore created for Middle Earth. It's almost as if he created a whole nother version of Middle Earth with the musical motifs that he created for all of us to enjoy. I know when I fell in love with the movies, I also fell in love with the music. And I still remember when The Two Towers was just about to come out, several friends uh, and I were just wondering, oh my gosh, what is the music of Rohan going to be like? And we were not disappointed when we got to the theater. So I was not disappointed in the music of The Hobbit, a lot of people felt like oh well it was kind of a rehash of the Lord of the Rings music but it wasn't really at all The story was meant to have a common thread running through it as the story did and but Howard Shore created beautiful musical motifs for the Hobbit movies as well as Lord of the Rings and that was Toriel's theme and You can find out more about that in uh, some of the... There's actually The Music of the Lord of the Rings by Doug Adams. And I believe... I don't think that the music for The Hobbit has come out yet, but I believe that he's working on that. So wonderful things in case you have some Christmas money left over. You might want to pick them up, especially The Music of the Lord of the Rings, which has at the back a CD Of music that you cannot get anywhere else. It's uh, some of the earlier versions of many of the songs that uh, we enjoyed from Lord of the Rings. So this morning, because this is Middle Earth, of course I think I need to have a little reading. I don't know about you, but this new year and well this holiday season was quite different than I had imagined there was a funeral in that time for someone that I wasn't expecting to leave the circles of this world. I was uh, two weeks with a cold and really all I could do was uh, sleep, rest, take cold medicine so I could get through my shift at work, come home, sleep, rest, (laughs) get up, take more cold medicine and I couldn't go to church really because I was quite sure people didn't want me sneezing and coughing on them. Um, So I had to spend time with God uh, privately, which I absolutely love, but I did miss uh, the community of faith and especially all the Christmas music. And then right after that, I had a big, we were dog sitting and I had a big fall as I was taking the little dog out for his final, her final thing in the evening. And it was on a Tuesday night when it was raining, and it started to rain, and I said, Oh, Fluffy, let's get back to the house. And we started running, and I tripped on the sidewalk and went sprawling, and I had glasses on, and they hit something, a little bush or my arm or something, and anyway, I ended up with two big black eyes, (laughs) which are just about completely healed now. Nothing broke, nothing um, was bleeding, didn't break my nose or anything like that um, but had two big black eyes just right around where my glasses were. So, and that's taken, thank goodness for Arnica. So if you have bruising, Arnica is a wonderful thing, both to take as pills, uh, sublingually, and also to put on topically, just a little elf wisdom there for you. So, um, I wanted to read, for some reason this morning, I wanted to read about courage, courage for the new year, and hope, because sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. Here it is a year later, and in some areas, I feel like I haven't made much progress. In other areas, I feel like I've made a great deal, but I don't know about you, but I tend to be a little hard on myself at times, and so... I want to read to you from three company. Oh, and I do want to mention that if you're listening to the podcast, the, all of the music, any music or videos that I play will need to be edited out. So I will let you know what the music is, where you can find it. And, uh, such videos as I may play, uh, from YouTube or something, I'll let you know what, uh, how you can see them, but those things will have to be, uh, edited out for the podcast. So, here, this is from Three is Company, and it's one of my favorite, favorite passages where uh, Frodo is asking Gildor and Glorian for some advice. And they've met Gildor and Glorian and Company on the road as they're fleeing the Shire, and they've been, um, the Black Riders have been snuffling about looking for them. And they have a wonderful feast, and the elves uh, take them into their company for the night. And Gildor, uh, so Bilbos asked him for some (laughs) advice, and Gildor, so here from, uh, from Three's Company, Gildor was silent for a moment. I do not like this news, he said at last, that Gandalf should be late does not bode well. But it is said, do not meddle in the affairs of wizards. For they are subtle and quick to anger the choice is yours to go or wait and it is also said answered frodo go not to the elves for counsel for they will say both no and yes is it indeed laughed gildor elves seldom give unguarded advice for advice is a dangerous gift even from the wise to the wise and all courses may run ill but what would you you have not told me all concerning yourself and how then shall I choose better than you? But if you demand advice, I will for friendship's sake give it. I think you should now go at once, without delay. And if Gandalf does not come before you set out, then I also advise this, do not go along. Take such friends as are trusty and willing. Now you should be grateful, for I do not give this counsel gladly. The elves have their own labors and their own sorrows, and they are little concerned with the ways of hobbits or any other creatures upon earth. Our paths cross theirs seldom, by chance or purpose. In this meeting there may be more than chance, but the purpose is not clear to me, and I fear to say too much. I am deeply grateful, said Frodo, and I wish you would tell me plainly what the Black Riders are. If I take your advice, I may not see Gandalf for a long while, and I ought to know what is the danger that pursues me. Is it not enough to know they are servants of the enemy, answered Gildor? Flee them. Speak no words to them. They are deadly. Ask no more of me. But my heart forebodes that, ere all is ended, you, Frodo, son of Drogo, will know more of these fell things than Gildor and Glorian. May Elbereth protect you. "'But where shall I find courage?' asked Frodo. "'That is what I chiefly need.' "'Courage is found in unlikely places,' said Gildor. "'Be of good hope. Sleep now. "'In the morning we shall have gone, "'but we will send our messages through the lands. "'The wandering companies shall know of your journey, "'and those that have power for good shall be on the watch. "'I name you Elf-friend, "'and may the stars shine upon the end of your road.' Seldom have we had such delight in strangers. And it is fair to hear the words of the ancient speech from the lips of other wa- wanderers in the world. And with that, Frodo falls asleep that from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the chapter um, of... Uh, I just... <laughs> I should know it by heart. Oh, Three's Company. That's right. With Gildoran, Glorian, and Company. Much elvish wisdom right in that little passage. So this morning, as I mentioned, I was surprised by beauty, as I hope you will be in the coming year. And I also wanted to share a couple of books with you and the concept of beauty and you might be thinking well what do you mean the concept of beauty well I think sometimes when I was thinking this morning that when you get in a little funk like I was feeling yesterday I was having the most wonderful time doing research and working on my art and you know research for the show but things just were not quite coming together and I did Find something amazing that I'm hoping to have the author on with us uh, soon. She has a book for women called *The Exhausted Woman's Handbook*, and she is just delightful. And the concept of the book is built around your life as a tree. And I so immediately my attention was engaged because. If you know me at all, you know that I am a great lover of trees, as was J.R.R. Tolkien. I grieve when we lose them, and I rejoice when I discover new ones. And I do spin. I am probably, yes, a tree hugger. Um, Trees are just wonderful. They have a very grounding effect, and they're so tall, and they can see so far, and they give us oxygen and shade and fruit and beauty. so I was delighted. And she had a little exercise about your life as a tree. So we'll hear a little more about that. I'm hoping perhaps even to have her on uh, within the next week or two. And her name is Christine Hammond. If you want to check out the um, her work, the it's called the exhausted woman's handbook. So, but I was thinking about when I went out to get the paper this morning, I was struck by the beauty of the sunrise and this longing. It's like you look up and it's like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I got the paper in, got my tea, went upstairs, looked out the window and it was, and it was gone. <laughs> the pink clouds were gone. I mean, the the clouds were still there, but they weren't pink anymore. And I thought, ah, oh, it was. It's it lasts so. It, it it it's so it's gone so quickly, and that's the way it is. It seems like a lot of times with beauty, if uh, someone buys us a beautiful bouquet of flowers, and they may last a couple of days or a week or so, but eventually they wilt and die and return into the earth. And unless you're an orchid, we have an orchid that's going on three months. Amazing. It's like it's frozen in time. I don't quite understand, but there it is, just frozen in time when these with these tig ten giant blossoms that are almost the size of the palm of my hand. Not not counting the fingers, but yeah, just these giant big blossoms. The beautiful wonders of nature. So I was thinking about beauty and thinking about um some there's some readings about beauty that I wanted to share with you this morning. And from two books that, there's three books actually that I'd like to uh, recommend to you perhaps for starting the new year. One is A Year with C.S. Lewis. It is amazing. has readings from, um, 365 readings from different uh, parts of his writings. So a lot of different places that you get little snippets of wisdom from, and also has footnotes about things that were going on in his life on certain days. So it's, uh, it's very cool. A Year with C.S. Lewis. You can get it at your local bookstore. And I'm going to be uh, reading a little bit from, uh, actually, let's start with that. So C.S. Lewis, and this is from The Weight of Glory. And it's actually in a compilation called C.S. Lewis on Joy. So if you can get the big A Year with C.S. Lewis, I would really recommend getting this little book. It's just uh, got a lot of different, different passages from his works. And this is from one of my favorite pieces of literature. Well, it's not even literature. It's actually, I guess it would be nonfiction, but um, pieces of writing in the whole world, an essay that he wrote called The Weight of Glory. And this is from a little excerpt called a tune we have not heard he says in speaking of de- of this desire for our own far-off country which we find ourselves which we find in ourselves even now he's talking about this longing i feel a certain shyness i am almost con- committing an indecency i am trying to rip open the inconsolable secret secret in each one of you the secret which hurts so much that you take your revenge on it by calling it names like nostalgia and romanticism and adolescence. The, the secret also which pierces with such sweetness that when, in very intimate conversation, the mention of it becomes imminent. We grow awkward and affect to laugh at ourselves. The secret we cannot hide and cannot tell, though we desire to do both. We cannot tell it because it is a desire for something that has never actually appeared in our experience. We cannot hide it because our experience is constantly suggesting it, and we betray ourselves like lovers at the mention of a name. The books or the music in which we thought the beauty was located will betray us if we trust to them. It was not in them, it only came through them, and what came through them was longing. These things, the beauty, the memory of our own past, are good images of what we really desire. But if they are mistaken for the thing itself, they turn into dumb idols, breaking the hearts of their worshippers. For they are not the thing itself. They are only the scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have never yet visited. Do you think I am trying to weave a spell? Perhaps I am. But remember your fairy tales. Spells are used for breaking enchantments as well as for inducing them. And you and I have need of the strongest spell that can be found to wake us from the evil enchantment of worldliness. That from The Weight of Glory by C.S. Lewis. And speaking of beauty and I know this is the time of year, we've just come out of the time of year, of purchasing and <laughs> raising credit card debt and new gadgets and new things and new clothes, and these are wonderful. These are wonderful things to enjoy, and it does help our economy, um, but I think sometimes we can get so focused on the achievement of those material things and forget where some true beauty lies like just taking time to walk go down to the ocean and walk on the sand or taking a walk in your neighborhood and just taking time to appreciate the flowers that grow in your neighbor's flower beds and the fact that they tended them so carefully and now you're walking past and you see these beautiful roses or lovely daisies or right now i'm enjoying the christmas lights on my street I think it's so wonderful that people took the time to go out there on their roofs and on their windows and in their flower beds to put up these lights so that I can walk past and go, isn't that lovely? And just stand there for a moment and enjoy it. It's, it's just, it's beautiful. It's like stars twinkling, but it's not. It's lights twinkling on the houses of my street. So in case all the lights have not come down on your street, maybe you could, Take a little walk in the early evening, and um, and if you happen to see your neighbors, say, "Oh, thank you for putting up such beautiful lights. I've really enjoyed them this Christmas." So, we are KUCI eighty-eight point nine FM in Irvine. I am Tani Tanuvial. This is "What Would Arwen Do?" Life from the perspective of a Middle Earth elf. And again, we have new programming. Welcome back to everyone for the new quarter. And I wanted to play because music is such a wonderful part of our lives. But, you know, I think I'm going to wait a little bit for the next thing because coming up in just about 17 minutes, Writers on Writing, everything you may want to know about getting published. And I had promised you I wanted to that I wanted to share <coughs> some books with you. So... The next book that I'd like to share um, is by Joan Chittister, and it's called Illuminated Life Monastic Wisdom for Seekers of Light. And I love this woman. She is a nun, but she's also a spokeswoman for women. She'd like to see women in the priesthood. And <laughs> anyway, I've just so much enjoyed many of her books. And first discovered her back before I became a Catholic Christian, so many years ago. I live with a wonderful woman who is like um, a mother or mother-in-law to me. And there's a book that's uh, called uh, "It's about uh, Ruth and Naomi." So, and it's by Joan Chittister. And enjoyed that book. And she has many. She has like 20 or 30 something books. This one, as I mentioned, Illuminated Life, Monastic Wisdom for Seekers of Light. And though it's not like a devotional of like 365 pages, it does have things that you can just open and read to. It actually has something for each day, I'm sorry, for each letter of the alphabet. So she, uh, her dedication, it says this book is dedicated to all the busy contemplatives around me who have challenged my vision and deepened my soul just by bringing the presence of God wherever they happen to be at the time. And in particular to, and she names, uh, several people, Benedictine sisters of Erie. Um, and so that kind of is, uh, little bit about what this is about so it has again it's got the letters of the alphabet so it starts with awareness then beauty community dailiness enlightenment faith growth humility interiority now that's interesting justice kindness Lexio, the art of holy reading metanoia a call to conversion nature openness, prayer, quest, recreation, silence, time, understanding, vision, work, xenophilia, the love of strangers, yearning, and last with Z, zeal. And has a little section on across the centuries. Oh, and the other thing is that each one of these sections opens with a quote or a little anecdote from the desert, the desert Masters. I believe most of them are the Desert Fathers, but you may have some here also from the Desert Mothers. And here at the beginning it says, Illuminated Life, being contemplative in the midst of chaos. And I don't know about you, but that is the big challenge of my life. <laughs> I work in a very busy work environment that is constant multitasking and busy and what we do changes every hour and a lot of customer service and just uh and there's music going and there's just a lot of activity and it feels sometimes like chaos and being contemplative which means that i don't slow down i don't slow down what needs to happen but somehow i can Still be still in my inner part, (laughs) in my heart, in the midst of what may seem like chaos. And so, this little book may help you with that. It says, This book talks about your life. The one you fear is not spiritual because of its complexities and concerns. Spirituality, you are certain, is the province of those who manage to escape from the pressures of life. But if withdrawal is the essence of the spiritual life, then whole generations of spiritual sages have been wrong. This book is about qualities the world's most ancient seekers, ancient of seekers say, are the cardinal components of a contemplative life. An escape, you will notice, is not one of the elements of this long-standing spiritual alphabet. The truly spiritual person, tradition teaches us, knows that spirituality is concerned with how to live a full life not an empty one. Real spirituality is life illumined by compelling search for wholeness. It is contemplation at the eye of chaos. It is life live to the full. So I wanted to read to you from her, a little bit from her chapter on beauty. And I love this yesterday. This was so, it just lifted my heart. (laughs) So this is from the little um, section on beauty. Joan says what we what may be most missing in this highly technological world of ours is beauty. We value efficiency instead. We want functionalism over art, we create trash, we bask in kitsch. But beauty, right proportion in all things, harmony in the universe of our lives, truth in appearances, eludes us. We paint over good wood. We prefer plastic flowers to wildflowers. We reproduce the pieta in plastics. We forego the natural and the real for the gaudy and the pretentious. We are, as a people, awash in the banal. A loss of commitment to beauty may be the clearest sign we have and that we have lost our way to God. Without beauty, we miss the glory of the face of God in the here and now. Beauty is the most provocative promise we have of the beautiful. It lures us and calls us and leads us on souls thirst for beauty and thrive on it, and by it nourish hope. It is beauty that magnetizes the contemplative, and it is the duty of the contemplative to give beauty away, so that the rest of the world may, in the midst of squalor, ugliness, and pain, remember that beauty is possible. So with that, I think of here at KUCI, we... And some people say, well, I'm not sure that hip-hop is beautiful or that electronic is beautiful. Well, I think that it is. It is something that brings us joy. Music is amazing in all of its varieties. And by being involved here at KUCI, you have the opportunity to create beauty through music or through the message that you may bring through a talk show and to share that with the world. And Joan goes on to say, Beauty is not a matter of having enough money to buy anything in sight. It is a matter of having enough taste to recognize quality, depth, truth, harmony when we see it. Beauty is truth and truth beauty. That's all we know and all we need to know. The poet John Keats wrote, A thing is beautiful, in other words, when it, is, when it really is what it purports to be. There are cures, of course, for a deprivation of spirit. We could take down the billboards that turn the landscape into a junkyard of old ideas. We could clear away the clash of colors and things that saturate space and make seeing into the soul of a thing impossible. We could uh, refuse to allow people to turn marble statues into plastic replicas. We could study the order, the harmony, the proportion of a flower. We could strain our eyes to look for what is beneath the obvious in the wrinkles of age, the misshapen knuckles of a worker's hands, the meaning in every moment, the ultimate in every possibility, the essence of every encounter. Or we could simply own one soul-shattering piece of art ourselves, put it up in a solitary place over and against the commonplace which normally surrounds us, we could let it seep into the center of the self until we find that we can never be satisfied again, anesthetized again by the visual visual platitudes of the world in which we live. And one of the reasons I love this is because I have a piece of art and it's not expensive. In fact, I downloaded this piece of art from a website and, um, in uh, It was from, I believe, the Sisters of Charity, but it's a picture of Jesus and Mary, and they're looking into each other's eyes, and there's just the, the it says a thousand words, and I think all of us, uh, if we'll think about it, at some point have had that nonverbal communication with someone, that place where you just look at each other. Sometimes it's across the room. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's, or even just what lovers do when they look at each other and they don't say a word, they just look. And that's my picture. And it's in my bedroom and I keep it right there by my bed. And I thought, yes, this is my thing of beauty. And against all the clutter of my room and my piles of books and my things that need to get done and the laundry that needs to be washed. There's one thing of beauty, and perhaps I'll send it to someone and share, because she also talks about giving it away. So with that, we've come to just about the end of our day, and I'm going to share a little music with you at the end coming up in just about, let's see, seven minutes is Writers on Writing with Barbara DeMarco Barrett is in the house. Oh, my gosh. Are you in for a treat today? So, yes. Everything you want to know about getting published, please stay with us. And check out our programming. As I mentioned earlier, we have some new programs, uh, new talk shows. And those you'll find from 8 to 10 and from 4 to 6 Monday through Friday. If you'd like to contact me, I'd love to hear from you. I am Tani Tanuvio. And you can send me an email missive at askanelf at yahoo.com. And before I close, I'm actually going to play for you again Tauriol's theme because it's just so beautiful, the Feast of Starlight. But I wanted to share this New Year's prayer with you. This, um, I opened my email this morning and a friend of mine from church had sent this to me and I just thought it was so wonderful. So I'm going to share it with you and let this be my prayer for you for the new year. It says, God of all time, help us enter the new year quietly, thoughtful of who we are to ourselves and to others, mindful that our steps make an impact and our words carry power. May we walk gently. May we speak only after we have listened well. Creator of all life, help us enter the new year reverently aware that you have endowed every creature and plant, every person and habitat with beauty and purpose. May we regard the world with tenderness. May we honor rather than destroy. Lover of all souls, help us enter the new year joyfully, willing to laugh and dance and dream, remembering, remembering our many gifts with thanks and looking forward to blessings yet to come. May we welcome your lavish love, May we cast off the small, vindictive God our fears have made. May the grace and peace of Christ bless you now and in the days ahead. A New Year's Prayer. Namaria, and may you have an amazing and wonderful week.